Hello and welcome to the Joy Mom Summit. I am so excited to have you join us here on the podcast. I have some incredible speakers and I have a surprise speaker, talk number eight. I am so excited that you're here and I know, I just know that God has something for you, mama friend. You are meant to live a life of joy and intention, purpose, and peace, and that's why you're here at the Joy Mom Summit. So may this conference-style summit bless you, and let me know how it went for you. Definitely email me, reach out at 500secondstojoy at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Now let's get into this Joy Mom Summit and let's give thanks to the Almighty God, the Joy Giver. Hey friends, it's Stephanie. Here we are, 500 Seconds to Joy, and I have Dana K. White. She wrote, Organizing for the Rest of Us, 100 Realistic Strategies to Keep Any House Under Control. She is the author of Decluttering at the Speed of Life. Isn't that a great title? She's a blogger, podcaster, speaker, and much to her own surprise, a decluttering expert. And she decided she was going to try to get her house under control. She started blogging as Noni, short for anonymous, at a slob comes clean. Isn't that great? A slob comes clean. (laughs) And she soon realized she wasn't alone and now she shares realistic home management strategies with humor and a message for hope a message of hope for the hopelessly messy <laughs> through her blog weekly podcasts and videos she um is just so practical so fun to listen to it was really fun to chat with her and this book is so We'll talk about it, but it's so lovely for busy moms. It's short. It's practical. It has a hundred strategies in here, and each one, this book is really small. It could totally fit in your purse, into your diaper bag, and each strategy is, is very short, so it could take you maybe a minute or two to read each strategy. I read this book very quickly, and it's excellent. There are so many great strategies, and it really is a way to keep your house under control, to just really get rid of what doesn't matter, declutter. Minimalism is all the rage right now, but it's really not about that. It's about keeping your house manageable so that you don't have to spend so much time on your stuff, right? How can we make more space for prayer? Well, I think decluttering can be part of it. We can make space for just being with our kids, being with our husband, praying and being with God and get rid of the excess stuff and make sure things have a home in our house, that they're organized. And these tips that Dana shares, she's just so practical. I can't say that enough. It's great. And she talks about the container concept. If you want to learn what that is, definitely stick around. So you can check out her book, go to aslobcomesclean.com or go to Amazon and check out um, any of her books. Dana K. White, this one that we're talking about specifically is organizing for the rest of us, but you can grab all her books, right? Um, You can go to A Slob Comes Clean on Facebook 
or go on Pinterest, a slob comes clean decluttering ideas. She's on Instagram at a slob comes clean. And yeah, just go grab her book. Seriously, it's going to help you. <laughs> Let's hear from Dana now. You know, welcome to 500 Seconds to Joy. Thanks for having me on. You're so welcome. So everybody, Dana K. White is the author of several books, and her newest one is Organizing for the Rest of Us, 100 Realistic Strategies to Keep Any House Under Control, which I think everybody can resonate with that title, especially moms when you have little kids and there's all the toys. And anyway, we're going to talk about something really practical, friends. This is the container concept and the two decluttering questions. So there's so much in your book. It was super helpful for me and just really inspiring and encouraging and also freeing because we're not about perfection here. We're about progress, Um, but we're just really going to hone in on this idea of the container concept, which I know is really popular among your listeners and people who read your book. Um, It's one of, I think it's one of your most talked about things, right? (laughs) Wouldn't you say? Yes, I would definitely Um, say so. Yes. So there's that. And then the two decluttering questions. So let's start with your reason for writing this new book that's super short and sweet. What can readers expect? So mom's listening. What can they expect when they pick up your book and start reading it? Well, I I think that the number one value in this book is that it's flip throughable, meaning like you can just kind of flip through and go, oh, that looks interesting and read it in a short, succinct way and gather something from it that you can immediately implement. So I have other books that I wrote first where I said all the words, like literally all the words that were possible to say on things like doing the dishes and decluttering and making it work in your home and all your resistances. And this book is what they call a gift book. So it has pictures. Um, and it just, somebody's called it the, the cliff notes version. Like these are the things I needed to remind myself of, of these basic concepts. And so that's really where its value is. I agree. And I love the pictures, actual photos of your home, right? Well, so technically that's an Airbnb. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because I love um, it. A photo shoot is like a really long, I think it was 11 hours and I was creating clutter in different places and we were, you know, doing anyway. So it was just much more practical to do that there. Besides the fact that that was my old kitchen, uh, we just recently moved and I would, I would be more than happy to do it in this kitchen. But, um, that kitchen was like my brown cabinets with my 1979, you know, um, nice. way of things, which, cause I'm, I'm yep. not a fancy person. So I'm like, you know, for mm-hmm. a book, it really should be a, a pretty kitchen. Awesome. I like the behind the scenes, Dana. That's good. Well, okay. So I love the way it's set up with these different strategies and each little strategy, like you said, you could just flip through it and read it. Um, I didn't really plan to talk about this, but I just, as I was re re reviewing your book before this call, I just love strategy three about embrace less and better. So having less and having things, you know, look better instead of having be finished and done. And I think that's so freeing for moms that maybe struggle with perfectionism. I feel like a lot of us struggle with that, especially if you're listening to a podcast, you probably are wanting to better yourself. And so I think it's just such a good reminder that if we can focus on just having less inventory um, and having things look better (laughs) instead of having it look all perfect and done and finished, that's just such a good mindset shift. Um, So I just wanted to throw that out there as something that was personally helpful to me. 
And then let's get into this container concept. What is it and how does it change the decluttering process? So the container concept is, is something that it feels like people who are naturally organized, whose homes just kind of stay under control, they're born knowing this. And they don't know that they know it because they don't know it's a thing to know. It's just kind of like, well, this is reality. So what? Some people don't know this. I didn't know this. I honestly, I would have said that I knew what containers were for because I feel like it should be obvious, but I didn't know what containers were for. I thought containers were for putting things in like, you know, organized people love containers. So I'm going to go buy containers and my house should look like theirs, except that my house never did look like theirs. And so as I was working on my house and as I was decluttering and talking to myself one day, I realized that um, containers, oh, they're actually um, meant to serve as limits. You know, like a container's purpose yes. is to actually contain something, meaning serve as a limit, like a, um, you know, if a fireman would seek to, or fire fighter, sorry, would seek to contain a fire. Like let's create a right. boundary that then keeps this from getting out of control. And when I, when it hit me that containers were meant to serve as a limit, as a boundary, I realized, oh, well, that's what I've been doing wrong all this time. I've just been putting stuff in a container. And then when I had more stuff left over after the container was full, I thought, oh, so I'd buy another container and then another container because I had lots and lots of stuff. And then I would go to put those containers on the shelf and they wouldn't fit on the shelf. And I would think, okay, well, then I need more shelves. And then I would eventually, you know, not have any room for more shelves. And I would think, oh, well, I'm doomed to be disorganized because I don't have enough space in my home. And so it just was self-defeating. You know, I just thought, what is the purpose? What's the point in me trying to get organized when mm -hmm. I just simply don't have enough room? Where when I realized that the container is meant to serve as a boundary, I realized, well, then also, you know, the shelf itself is a container. It's a boundary. Like it determines how many buckets I can have of crayons or whatever. And- mm -hmm. Then I realized, oh, okay, well, the room is a container. My house is a container. So every space in my home, every drawer, every cabinet, every closet is a limit. And when I started to see it that way, then instead of think, looking at every item in my house and trying to decide if it deserved to, you know, be in my head, like, is this, is this, does it have, have value? Is there some way I could use it in the future? Would I ever need it? Those are all unending questions that I can answer yes to. Like I can come up with a reason to keep anything. But when I started to see every space in my home as a container, as a boundary, then I was like, oh, well, I can't keep everything and my house be under control. So I let, you know, my sock drawer, the size of my sock drawer determines how many socks I can keep instead of you know, coming up with, well, I need some for winter and some for summer. And then, you know, what if, and what if I get behind on the, all these things? Instead I say, okay, put my favorite ones in first. And when it's full, then I can't keep any of the rest, you know, that didn't make it into the drawer. And, and just changing that thought process um, freed me from all those value decisions before where I would look at the socks and think, does this pair of socks have value? Instead, it was just, does it fit? And it just, it changed everything for me when I viewed my entire house as a container. And for a lot of other people, it has, you know, really helped them as well, because there are a lot of us out there who didn't necessarily see limits. You know, it's a great quality, right? To not see limits. Yes. <laughs> but it, it doesn't really serve me well in my home. 
Uh, same. I am guilty of buying more bins from the dollar store or Target or wherever, right? And thinking if it just looks pretty <laughs> and it's all in bins, it's okay, right? Um, but I've been on this decluttering journey myself for, I don't know, a few years. And as you add kids on and, you know, generous people giving gifts, you kind of, you know, think, okay, well, I don't want to get rid of this because like you said, it has value. Um, it's meaningful to me. And so I'm just going to buy more bins. Um, so the container concept, when I read about it in your book, it's very, like, it makes sense. It's just, it's kind of intuitive, but it's kind of not. <laughs> it's like, right. for, for me, it was not intuitive. And then as I read it, I'm like, well, of course, yes, our home is a container. Our room is a container. The drawer or bin or wherever is a container. And when it's overflowing, clearly there's kind of an inventory problem. Um, and just kind of talking about, I didn't really plan to talk about this, but I just thought it'd be good to get back to the basics of like, well, why are we even talking about this in the first place? Um, why declutter? Why have less inventory? Like in your life, can you just give like a two minute summary of like how it's really freed you up to live life more and not be managing so much stuff? Yeah, I think for me, it was only after I started decluttering that I grasped that. Like I, I just thought I needed to get organized. You know, I thought, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I looked at all my stuff. I saw, I remembered the reason why I had brought it into my house. I didn't know that there were limits when I brought it into my house. And so as I brought stuff in um, and, and thought I needed to get organized, I just kind of looked to the future because every time I would try to get organized, it would go right back to being a disaster. You know, I would find little places mm-hmm. to stick everything and then it would just yep. go constantly back to a disaster. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to declutter. I thought I was kind of giving up to do that. You know, thought, oh, well, you know, I guess I'm admitting that I am not good at, you know, being able to get organized. So I'm just going to declutter. And I realized as I did that, after I had been decluttering for a while, it hit me one day that, Oh, like I, I can manage this amount of stuff. And I realized I have a clutter threshold, meaning there's a amount of stuff in my home that I can keep under control easily. If I have more stuff than that, then I can't do it. Like it's not possible for me to keep my house under control and it's different for each person. So like my mother can handle a lot of stuff in her home. And so she would bring things in for all these future possibilities so that she would have what she needed when she needed it and she could keep it under control. And so I inherited this idea that I should bring stuff into my house for the future. And so that's, you know, that was being wise and frugal and all was to get it while it's on sale and everything. And, and yet I personally don't have the ability to keep that under control. And so it was a, a, after I decluttered, that was when it hit me that, oh, okay, this is the amount of stuff that I can keep under control, but you can't predict your clutter threshold. Like you can't, there's not a quiz that you can take. You just know if I can't keep my house under control easily, I have too much stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. and you only know that because, you know, I'm telling you, (laughs) like, (laughs) I I wouldn't have believed it either. Like I was not, Mm -hmm. I didn't know that before I got started. I just went ahead, started decluttering. And then it hit me one day. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. I can manage this amount of stuff. That's helpful, Dana, because I think a lot of times, um, you know, people come at it from like a, 
I know this perspective and I love how you come at it from a, I'm journeying with you perspective. Like I didn't have all the answers. I just tried some things and then figured some things out. And now I'm sharing those things with you. It's just very approachable. Um, And I just love how, again, intuitive that word comes to mind. And these two decluttering questions you ask, um, this is strategy 15 in your book. And you talk about these two questions, which I feel like a lot of times the questions that, that a lot of people suggest you ask when you're decluttering is more, like you said, this value determination and, you know, this kind of, it leads to decision fatigue, really. It's really something that is just too much for each item to look at and hold it and think of it. Does it spark joy? Is it something that aligns with my values? So let's just really quickly run through these two questions and then encourage all the moms listening that they can do this. Yeah. So, I mean, I had seen all those other kinds of questions, lists of 10 questions to ask yourself. And I was like, I had too much stuff in my house to get through to ask myself a bunch of questions. And so I came up with two questions that just cut to the heart of everything for me. And the first question is, if I needed this item, where would I look for it first? And that's an instinct question. So there's nothing to analyze. If I'm analyzing, I'm doing it wrong. So I literally go with the first place that pops in my head when I ask myself, where would I look for this first? And so, you know, and then the key there is would, not should. There's nothing to analyze. It's literally, where's the first place when I, if I said, oh my goodness, where are my fingernail clippers? Like, and I was frantically looking for them. What's the first place that I would go and open that drawer and look inside? That is where those should go. And so it was a lot of accepting how we actually operate instead of trying to think, well, what, what does an organized person do with their fingernail clippers? Or, you know, like, that's where did my good. grandma keep hers mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, cause that's yeah. just this endless thing. And then that's the, you know, when you ask questions like that, that's the reason why people say, well, I got organized and now I can't find anything. You know, I mean, that's not actually being organized. Right. And so just giving myself this instinct based way to ask this question and know where things, you know, should go and deciding that this is where I'm going to put things is where I would look for them first. Um, you know, that, that really helped me work through a lot of clutter quickly without decisions, without emotions, all of that so that I could get through it. Um, and then the key to that first question is that, when I have an answer, um, I take it there right now and I go ahead and put it there instead of making piles of things to do later. Because when I make those piles or I have a keep box of, you know, stuff that I'm going to put away when I'm done, it does a couple of things. First of all, I'm not really having to make an actual, you know, I'm not having to give an actual answer because, well, I'm going to have to ask myself again later. Maybe I'll know then. And so I just go ahead and stick it in the pile or, You know, the other thing too, is that I am a distractible person. I mean, you have young kids, even if you weren't distractible before you had young kids, um, I'm guessing you're more distractible now than you used to be. So many interruptions. (laughs) Somebody's going to start bleeding. Somebody's going to start crying, whatever. And you're going to have to step away. And when you have all these piles or a keep box, then all those things are now outside of the space that you were originally decluttering, which means that you've created a bigger mess, which is the number one reason people put off decluttering is because they think, well, it has to get worse before it gets better. Well, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. If you take it there now, then you're only making progress. Yes, you still may get distracted, 
but that thing is in its final home. And so that space is better than it was before. It has less in it than it did when you started, which are those two words that you mentioned at the beginning. Those are our goals, you know? So, um, and then if I can't answer that first question, if I don't have an answer to where would I look for this first, then I ask my second question, which is, if I needed this item, would it ever occur to me that I already had one? Like, and really this is a reality check because I didn't have an answer to my first question. I, you know, I, I wouldn't have gone looking for it, which means I would have gone out and bought another one because it never would have occurred to me that it was already in my house. Well, that's part of the problem, right? With clutter is you don't know what you have. And so you end up rebuying things, which then adds to the clutter. And so it was really a reality check that I never would have gone looking for this thing. And so I'm going to get rid of it and accept that if I have to buy it again later, well, at least I'm, I'm spending that money, but I don't have another one in my house and my house is decluttered between now and this hypothetical time when I might need it in the future. Where before, if I just left the clutter, I'd have the clutter in my house. I would rebuy it anyway, and I would just be adding a whole nother thing to my house. And that's really frustrating, right? When you're buying something that you actually already had. Yes. Yeah. I feel like that's totally happened to me. And I think you know, in this season of life of little kids and sleep deprivation and, you know, also we're homeschooling and just the busyness. Um, You don't have enough mental space, I feel like, to just manage all the things you have. Like you you can't remember. (laughs) And even if you try to remember, you're tired and you forget things. And so, yes, you rebuy things or you just go without. I mean, that's another thing I've noticed. Sometimes I think, oh, this would have been nice, but I don't know where I put it. Like we moved a few months ago and I can't find it. And do I really need that? I guess I just will go without. So I've noticed that's happened to me before where I thought I needed this thing. And then I went without and actually ended up being fine. (laughs) And making do is a totally valid option. (laughs) I mean, really. Yes. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. I think this is just so doable for any mom listening. I encourage everybody listening to get your book. I mean, you have multiple books, but I think this one for me was just such a breath of fresh air and just such an easy book to pick up. And if you're wanting to declutter, if you're wanting to organize your home, get a copy of Dana's book, Organizing for the Rest of Us, because truly these are realistic strategies. Can you just end by encouraging moms listening that they can, in fact, get their house under control with slow and steady progress? Absolutely. As long as you go with the no mess method, that's what I call my decluttering method is the no mess method, meaning you're making final decision by final decision. You're not necessarily going to have this, wow, everything is perfect after the time that I spent today, but there, you're also never going to be worse off. And so with each little bit of progress that you make, making final decision by final decision, you're going to have progress and it's going to be a little bit better today, which means you can just pick up tomorrow, make it a little bit better tomorrow. And maybe a week goes by, but when you pick up again, you make it a little bit better. And that's where your house is going to start to see real, actual, sustainable change. So good. Thank you, Dana. And all links are in the show notes to grab your book and connect with you. And where's your favorite place to hang out? So the name of my website that I started back 
you know, when it was anonymous and I was just trying to figure all this out is called a slob comes clean. And I love it. that's a slob comes clean.com that has all of my places, you know, where you can find me on the internet. Awesome. Thank you, Dana. It was so wonderful having you again, your new book organizing for the rest of us. So excellent. Everybody go grab your copy and yes, thank you for all the wisdom you shared today. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. You're so welcome. Thanks for listening to mom's podcast. Thanks for tuning in today, friend. I'm so grateful for you. Let's connect on my email list. Go to bit.ly forward slash monthly happy mail and we can be email besties. What do you think? Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for being here. Have a joy-filled day. Bye for now. Bye for now.